Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm not a betting guy, but for y'all that are, there's Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You got the MLB, NASCAR, the NBA playoffs are about to get started. You got the Preakness this weekend and all the drama that will be surrounding Pimlico. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Begin. It's that time. We're here for another episode of Believe in Kentucky, Believe Podcast Network, alongside the legend. He's got his own book. He's got his own wine. He's got his own basketball academy. He's got his own iMac Regeneration Center. We're talking about double zero. Tony Delk, what's up, TD? Billy, man, it's, I'm happy to be joining you today. Uh, I'm always a big weather guy, so we got pretty good weather today here in Atlanta, so it's not cold. It's not too hot. It would be the perfect golf weather if I knew how to golf. <laughs> <laughs> That's the caveat right there. Just got to <laughs> learn how to golf. I'm in yeah. that same boat. I'm a novice too, man. I got to get better. We got a big-time guest on here with us today, TD. This man, look, all things SEC, you know, football. He played college baseball at South Alabama for those Jaguars, so he knows baseball as well. He hosts his show, also on the Believe Podcast Network, the J-Boy Show, daily. You're talking about Jake Crane, host of the J-Boy Show. Jake, man, appreciate you hopping on with us. Hey, Vinny, uh, TD, it's an honor to be on, man. Uh, enjoy what y'all do, and uh, glad we could come together and collaborate, man. You, you know, Tony, I'm not a weatherman, but when you were on the court, man, it was always raining, I can tell you that. <laughs> hey, 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 I definitely appreciate that. You know, I, yeah. I, I tell I tell kids, I tell everyone, it's a lot of work. I say, but when you're in your backyard, and and I play, I had this dirt basketball court. I was going, kind of reminiscing, going through some pictures last night, and I say, you know, I remember shooting over trees. You know, and they were like, what yeah. do you mean shooting over trees? I said, well, listen, all these kids in this generation, you know, they have to go to the gym. I said, no, we play on a real dirt court where it started out with grass, but when so many people started coming over, that grass turned into hard dirt. That's how I learned how to shoot. They was like, that yeah. doesn't sound, that doesn't sound fun. I was like, no, I didn't have all the options that you kids have now. Yeah. Well, man, I feel like like in the yards where you got good. I mean, I, yeah. I think, you know, as a kid, you get in the neighborhood together. And even if you're playing, you know, throwing a tennis ball with aluminum bats, I mean, that's how you get good at something. I mean, we used to do it. I feel like I was in like the last, almost like the last spaceship uh you know uh, of our, our generation that played you know outside all the time really and now it's so much indoors it's just wild but uh no it's it's amazing how uh humble beginnings you know it's you don't have to go to the g league all the time you know well you know it's, it's so funny you said it too because coming through our neighborhood it's like i never i never seen anyone playing basketball like there's probably 
10 to 12 hoops in the neighborhood. Mm. And weekly, I never seen anyone playing basketball. And I remember being coming from Brownsville, Tennessee. It was just trying to drive around and knocking on people's doors and asking them, could you go out and, and shoot on their hoops or whatever. Yep. And uh, and I said, now I said, look at all these hoops that are being, are not being used. So you're right. It's, it's a different, a different time. And I think a lot of kids are more tech kids. They become more tech kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. They're surrounded by it. You know, I was talking about, you know, playing outside, wearing the grass down till it became dirt. There's, yeah. there's unevenness in there. There's little rocks. That's where you get your handle from, dribbling on all those different surfaces. You, you got to handle the rock to be able to do anything on that out there. Yeah, that slanted driveway, man. They'll teach you how to dribble real quick. <laughs> sure will. Oh, you'll learn fast. Trust me when I tell you. Like, like it, it was when I tell you, like you know, <laughs> have having to uh, fall over some some of the some of the roots that were sticking out. I mean, it, it was it, it was kind of like a minefield, you know, pothole. I mean, you don't never know what you're going to run into. And I tell kids this too. I say I never really remember other than maybe one high school game of twisting my ankle. And having, I didn't miss a game, but, you know, I, when we played, I didn't come, I wasn't 100%. That was the only game in high school, this is crazy, that I did score double figures. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. Man, Jake, we go bounce around and get a lot of topics in. But just first of all, tell us how you, you started the J-Boy show. Look, you had the heavy hitters on, Tony Barnhart. Fine bomb, anybody, Chuck Oliver, the Giants that cover SEC football. You had players, coaches. Mike Leach was on the other day. Mm. Uh, I'm going to get your thoughts on your, your predictions for SEC football, but just tell us <laughs> how you started the show, man. Yeah, man. Well, uh, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, just quick synopsis. Uh, I coached college football, actually, for the last nine years, uh, five at the Division One level. Uh, during Christmas break and, you know, between December and January uh, 2019, came back from up in Montana where I was coaching, uh, was a, about to fly back, uh, had just messed around during, you know, one of the few breaks you get in that profession and uh, done a few podcasts. I always kind of watched and, you know, thought it was something I could do. Uh, was a broadcast journalism major, so I had a little bit, you know, of experience in it and uh, got some really good feedback, man. And uh, no joke was sitting in the Memphis airport. Uh, in the parking deck, we're about to fly back to Montana and decided uh, I was going to give this a whirl. And, you know, timing's kind of everything and, and you know, put a lot of hard work into it and, and try to cover the whole SEC, uh, be seasonal, you know, football's year round, but, uh, you know, try and cover basketball and, and baseball a little bit and, and really try and uh, give the audience uh, something uh, different than what they're used to hearing. You know, I don't get political, uh, but, but I feel like we're really informative and we do a lot of recruiting stuff as well. So, uh, yeah, we've had some great guests. Uh, it keeps growing. We, uh, you know, I went from doing it on, uh, like I was telling you all to, before we went on, you know, on an old microphone and an Acer laptop to now we're in a studio in, in Buckhead, Atlanta. Sometimes I, I got to go in early just to make sure it's still there and, and I'm not just dreaming, but no, nah, man, it's been, uh, it's been awesome. And uh, we're only just starting. Uh, and like I said, you know, we're on YouTube. It's the J boy show, Apple podcast, Spotify, and six days a week, man, we don't release one on Sunday, but uh, we got a ton of content. Uh, ranging from every school in the SEC and even a little bit beyond. So it's been a lot of fun. And as a kid, was there a particular team you grew up, grew up rooting for? Like, who was, what was your favorite NFL team? 
Uh, my favorite NFL, my father played for the Packers uh, and the Oilers before they were the Texans. Uh, I'm from Auburn. Uh, my dad played there, was All-American there. So uh, that was kind of my college team, uh, obviously, growing up. And, you know, I tell people, uh, you know, I went to South Alabama and, and all that stuff. And uh, I saw I hadn't got a check from Auburn yet. So, uh, you know, I, but, um, you know, from an NFL standpoint, I, I'd probably say the Packers uh, just because of that connection there. You know, Tony, growing up in a state, uh, and, you know, it's, it's something I think a lot of people, you know, from Alabama and other states that don't have pro teams. I mean, I watched the NFL, but just because I love football. I mean, and I wasn't in love with the NFL, right. uh, the way I love with college football and, and the SEC in particular. I see, and I see you, you know, I see we all can agree on the Braves. I see you got the Braves hat on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, you know, that's, it's tough, man. You, you want to talk about being a, being a fan? Uh, the Braves, they, they always find a way to let me down, but I love them anyway. <laughs> and that's what I was telling. I was telling B, I said, my dad, my dad, me, he, he almost forced me to be Atlanta Braves fan because he would not turn the TV. <laughs> I'm like, who sits there and watch? Because baseball, to me, was cool. <laughs> you know how it is. I mean, just, oh, it's just it's a slow game. To, I mean, it's a, it's a slow game to watch at home. So yeah. You really don't see a lot of kids really watching a lot of baseball. I mean, kids don't even watch a lot of basketball, which is probably – it gives you a lot of action. Football, there's a lot of action. But I really couldn't see being a kid in this 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 era watching baseball. I think it's just too slow. And, yeah. you know, it doesn't engage your, your, your mind as much as, like, yeah. basketball and football. Those, like, those sports make you think and you're engaged. And there's some excitement. Baseball, you kind of you kind of waiting for a home run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, you know, people used to say it's a, it's a highlight sport, but, uh, and, and, you know, I think in today's society, you know, everything is, is so, is so fast. And, and, you know, even when, you, when you're watching the game, you're not just watching the game, you're fantasy and, and you're doing betting and, and you're doing all these other things uh, while you're watching the game of baseball, even though they've tried to make the rules faster and stuff like that, cut down the times. Uh, it's still pretty slow. And, and again, you know, uh, I don't find myself watching too many nine inning games. Uh, I tell you what's funny. I got an 86 uh, year old grandmother uh, and, and she'll watch every pitch of the Braves game, all 162 games of it. That sounds that sound like my dad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's the truth. I mean, it's, it's, she'll sit there and watch all of them. Then you she'll mentioned your, your dad played for the Packers. So I got to bring it back around and, you know, the face of the franchise, Aaron Rodgers, has, has kind of, you know, been in the news. From the end of the season, you know, with, with the way the season ended against Tampa Bay, you know, he was upset they kicked a the field goal when they should have went for it. He's on Jeopardy and contestants on Jeopardy <laughs> when he's hosting or, or taking shots at it. And he's like, yeah, I, I, you know, he's agreeing with what they're saying. He's still disgruntled, should we say. How do you think this plays out? for him going forward he was ticked off when they drafted jordan love so what what do you think all this ends up going how do you think it plays out jake well hey you know it's it's aaron Rodgers. it's amazing the saga continues uh, ever since he came into the league you know brett Favre was there at the packers and and there was that saga of is he replacing brett Favre? and you've kind of gone back and forth and at you know, I, I, don't, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the type of guy that's going to play if he's not happy, uh, especially at this point in his career. Yeah. Uh, I, the biggest question to me is how the Packers choose to deal him because you've seen this happen with multiple organizations, and it seems like every time uh, somehow the, the trade doesn't ever benefit the team that, that is losing 
that that player. I'm, I'm wondering if the Packers are going to be smart enough. Uh, I know they made him an offer to try and make things better uh, that he turned down. And, and, you know, the thing about the Packers is the fans really own the team. So uh, they're very, it's very rare the way that they do it, but, Man, I, I just don't see a happy marriage in between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers anymore. I, I think it's time. I don't think drafting Jordan Love helped either, to be honest with you. No. Well, well, also, I, you know, as you just alluded to, was that, I mean, you're not going to get equal value for um, Aaron Rodgers. It's not going to happen. So it's not like you can hold teams hostage, you know, saying, well, you got to give us, you got to give us the farm for Aaron Rodgers. We know he doesn't want to be there. You know what I'm saying? So, there are going to probably be a lot of phone calls and draft picks and, you know, some players involved. But, you know, when you have a player that caliber, you know, and like I said, he, he really – what it sounded like with him, he felt really disrespected that yeah. he would go out and draft another quarterback when I'm still in the prime of my, of my career. But, you know, that was a general manager decision. You know, it was like, well, he got to look out for his job. So he's thinking, okay, well, we probably got two more good years with Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and – I got this quarterback coming in, but kind of like with Bill Belichick, you know, he really didn't want, it was almost like he was the GM and what well, he is, he makes a decision. But even with uh, Tom Brady, you know, Tom Brady had, he had, he had years left, you know, he yeah. had to trade on the tires, but Ooh. these coaches are looking into the future. They're looking like, okay, well, when it's time for you to make that decision, I don't want to make that decision too late. So yeah. You know, and, and your, your feelings and emotions are involved with it. So it's always a, to me, it's always a catch-22 of when to get rid of the face of the franchise. Yeah, no, I mean, it's what I, what I find interesting is, is if he does leave, where is he going to go? I mean, you hear Denver, uh, you know, to me, if, if there's even an inkling that he's going to Denver, it's going to be hard for me not to put $100 on the Broncos, whatever they are, to win the Super Bowl right now. It's <laughs> probably not good. <laughs> yeah, I mean – the, the win total will go up. That's, that's, that'd yeah. be a tough ask in that division. It's a tough division, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he's a witch of the highest order, Vinny, a witch of the highest order. <laughs> that's true. That is true. You mentioned that you cover recruiting. Got to get on the cats, TD and Jake, just with where we are with this roster. You know, there's Tata Washington, the freshman from Arizona, decides yep. Saturday – Right. Hardy decides Saturday. Everybody still thinks he's a G League guy. Remy Martin from Arizona State just hit the portal after Joe Justice goes out to Arizona State to be Bobby Hurley's top assistant. Now Remy is in the transfer portal. Uh, does Kentucky get one, two, or three? Is the zero where you think? This you know, I. I actually feel pretty good about Ty Ty with Kentucky. You know, he's kept it pretty quiet. Uh, I'm with you. I think Jaden Hardy's going to the G League. Uh, the Remy Martin thing is so fresh. You know, it's funny with Jaden Hardy. I had somebody tell me that that I trust two days ago. They really thought he was going to Kentucky. Uh, and and now the the update is, you know, it's looking like the G League made an offer that, that he can't refuse, uh, which, you know, I, I understand that. But, you know, getting Ty Ty Washington, I mean, this is a guy that, you talk about exploding on the scene. I mean, picks up offers, you know, from Baylor and Auburn and Kentucky really quick. And uh, I think they get one. I would put it at one right now. Uh, you know, that's I don't have a ton of info on Remy. Uh, it's something that, that's kind of fluid. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Vinny. It was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in sports last year. You know, Kentucky being down in basketball. I'm just not used to seeing that. Not, you know, not that that 
you know, they didn't win the national championship or go to the final four. Uh, it was just, you know, it, and I know it was a crazy year with the pandemic and everything like that. And to be honest with you, you know, I think Cal's going to use that as motivation. Kentucky to me right now, it's really scary. If you're looking to next year, uh, they don't like this feeling. Uh, they don't want this feeling and they'll do whatever it takes not to have this feeling again. And you know, as well as I do, uh, both of you with your experience, there's nothing that, motivates a coach or a program or players in a program, especially in that age, uh, than being embarrassed and, and not doing what they, they're expected to do by everybody at that, in that state. I think he wanted to bring back some coaches that, you know, especially with Orlando, they had a relationship with, I know losing Tony Barbie, losing Joe guys that have been on his staff and, you know, him and Tony had uh, a long, long-term relationship, but, you know, you have to bring back some of the people that helped you with your success. You know, even yeah. going out recruiting AD and bringing in uh, Kid Gilcrest, T. Uh, Orlando was responsible for some of for some of those moves, just like um, Kenny Payne was. And mm -hmm. I think, like I said, you know, it, it would have been. I don't think he was going to hire anyone different because you know Cal operates. He operate. He doesn't operate in a gray area. You know, he op operates where yeah. if people he's comfortable with, people he has relationships with. So I knew that I was like, man, when that job came available, I was like, there has to be somebody that's connected with him that he's mm -hmm. going to hire because he's a he's a safety guy when it comes to uh, staff. It's his personal. Yeah. But yeah. you know, back you said about Ty Ty and and. You know, Hardy is that, you know, I think Hardy's a little bit different, I, you know, because I had a chance maybe to call one of his games in Texas and he pulled out and I'm like, you know, what happened? You know, and and I, I don't know if it was, you know, maybe the the family, but I knew it was something in regards to you know, looking for the best deal that's available, which is always to me, it hurts the kid. I, I think even though these kids were coming out and they got a chance to go play in the G League is that. I want to be like Zion. I want to be like Kate, I like uh, Cunningham. I want to be able to build my brand, you know, so now when I go in, you can possibly get endorsement deals. You know, people know who you are. When you go to the G League, you know, it's, it's not a knock against the G League, but you get lost. Yeah, ask Jalen Green. Ask Jalen Green. And Jalen was a spectacular prospect. Consistent, you, consensus number one. Yes. And then I don't know if you got a chance to see him. Like I got a chance to see him live for like two Not live. Years. No, not live. No. So I saw him. Uh, he was, he was on the Adidas circuit and he hopped back on the Nike circuit. So I got a chance to really see him. I was like, man, this kid, you know, he reminded me of a, like a young Kobe, but mm. once again, he goes to the G league and I'm like, Hmm, you know, I, I, I hear about it every once in a while, but like, but, but it made, it made sense for me from those guys from a marketing standpoint and maybe get them with, having, you know, the family members, everybody buying, like Zion to me did it the right way. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like the dude, you know, going to the G League, coming in that hot, then going to the G League and just fading away, like you said, is, you know, we saw it in baseball. Albert Pujols just got released. But the minute he left the Cardinals, I haven't seen him since he went to the Angels. He just yeah. kind of – he's a Hall of Famer, 600 home runs, World Series titles. He went to the Angels. He faded away kind of like Jalen Green. Also, he, also, he left his game with the Cardinals, too. So, yeah. <laughs> that start there, too, his game was left behind. He yeah. Lot, he left a lot they, of St. Louis. <laughs> down. Those hips firing that quick. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, 
But yeah, you know, and I want to talk to you about like, you know, the quarterbacks that were drafted this year, you know, with uh, Zach and, and Trey, Matt Jones, um, Mac Jones, just trying to figure out which one of those we pretty, we pretty much know Trevor, Trevor Lawrence going to start, you know, they, oh, yeah. oh yeah. but out of the other three or four, who do you think will be the, the, the starting quarterback probably to start the season? To start this next season, I think just you know, I think Justin Fields actually has a really good chance with the Bears. Uh, I think they're about tired of Trubisky. Uh, Trey Lance, you know, I, what I think the Niners did, and, and I wasn't as big on Trey Lance as, as everybody else was. Uh, not that I don't think he's a good player or he'll be a good NFL quarterback. I just don't know if he's what you give up to get at three. But I know what the Niners are doing. They're trying to build market value because if you look, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, what's his problem? It's not production. It's he can't stay healthy. Uh, right. and, and every time he's having a good year, he goes down. And now, you know, uh, if you get a healthy Jimmy G for a full year, great. That's fantastic. If he goes down, you can plug a guy like Trey Lance in there. And then if Trey Lance does come in there, he's going to build market value and they'll be able to probably make a pretty big trade for either Jimmy G or him, depending on how they project it. So I think that's where Trey Lance, Mac, I don't think Mac could have landed in a better spot. Uh, right. I think he needs a, a red shirt year, I guess you could say, in the NFL. I don't think anybody's beating out Cam Newton for that job if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a guy that, that Bill Belichick's going to like. He's going to cling on to uh, and, and kind of fits that mold. I, I don't see him starting. Uh, but, you know, Zach Wilson, yeah, the Jets drafted him to play. Uh, yeah. I don't think he make that pick and, and don't play him. Uh, I think he does some, some really good things. You know, I laugh, though, at, at the people – uh, and I guess if you don't really understand it schematically, how you could say it, you know, they're like, oh, well, Justin Fields played in the system at Ohio State. Uh, but look at the system Zach Wilson played in, how intricate it was. The system Zach Wilson played in was not more intricate than the one that, that Justin Fields right. played at Ohio State. Good competition, and, too, right? Yeah, and, and the competition wasn't close. Now, I'll say this. When you're at Ohio State in that league, you do have it. There is a huge gap in Ohio State. Uh, and, and really pretty much every other team in that league outside of maybe Wisconsin up front most years. Michigan's had good players. They've just been a disaster in some position groups and can't seem to get it together. I think it's a mental thing for them. Uh, but you are playing with better players. But the scheme that they run was not that much more complicated than what Zach Wilson ran at BYU. And uh, Zach Wilson wasn't getting chased around by the same guys, like you pointed out, Tony, that Justin was. Uh, so I, I, I'd have taken fields. That's me. Do you look at, do you ever look at, um, I know a lot of the issues was that the games played, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you can't, you can't teach the experience. And I think that's what, you know, when when I look at these guys, like Justin Fields, I'm like, you know, against the number one quarterback, like that dude Mm -hmm. balled out, you know, and he had an unbelievable game. So it was like, but they want to go back to Northwestern Minnesota that, you know, we, we could all, we could all pick and, you know, we can all nitpick a game yeah. that Trevor Lawrence didn't have great games. You know what I'm saying? So I hated when it seemed like they started nitpicking at at Justin Fields, the games, how he's throwing motion. It was kind of like, wow. But yeah. when he when he got on the when he when he came when he was on the biggest stage against Clemson, I mean hurt, it didn't matter. He 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 outperformed yeah. the number one draft pick. Well what well well what's funny to me is you know <laughs> Uh, we're sitting here watching these pro days and watching quarterbacks throw on air and that, and that's great, but that's the most unrealistic thing ever. Like I, I don't care really if Zach Wilson can boot left, uh, not even plant his foot and throw it back across his body, 60 yards, you know, that's great, but there's no pass rush. It's different being able to do that against a pass rush. That's what makes Pat Mahomes 
so incredible. But but something that blows my mind is, you know, we're sitting here and we're talking about Justin Fields and we're talking about production, all this. Uh, and we're putting Kellen Mond before Kyle Trask. I watched Kyle Trask destroy Alabama through the air against uh, Sertan and, J- and all those guys. Job, that, that whole uh, NFL cast that they have over there. And I know we had, Kader- uh, I know we had Pitts. Uh, I know he had Kadarius, Tony, Grimes. But still, I mean, he had some huge games. Even the game against LSU, they scored a ton of points. They were just horrible on right. defense. So I, I don't know why Kyle Trask wasn't more in the discussion. For, if we're talking about production, I mean, he was unreal. I never really – Mons just never really – He can't throw the change up, Vinny. He can't throw the change up. <laughs> touch. No touch at all. Yeah. None. Great. Right. Oh, speaking of, we're on SEC football. You, your show earlier this week, you did predictions for the conference. Mm-hmm. You know, Alabama in the West, of course. Georgia in the East, still yet, of course. But I got to let you tell our listeners <laughs> you, uh, pick the rest of the conference on the, on the East. All right. Well, Big Blue Nation. I was I was talking to them on the pre-show. You know, I never asked Kentucky for anything, but I'm going out. And really, to me, it's not out on a limb. If you look at the personnel and you look at the schedule, I, I got Kentucky finishing second in the East, uh, and I think it starts early against Missouri at home. Uh, now, it, it, here's why. I love some of the things they did in the portal. Wandell Robinson getting Josh Ali back. Uh, you know, we already know what Rodriguez is in the backfield. You return three offensive linemen. It was huge uh, getting the guy to get out of the NFL draft and Fortner and, and Kennard getting those two guys back. You have Flax, who I trust at tackle. Uh, and, but to me, Kentucky has had success, and they ain't even thrown a Ford pass. Like, like they had no passing game, absolutely no passing game. Like, I really don't think people understand Eddie Grant getting let go. It should have happened. But the fact that Kentucky was able to even score the points that they did in this league, running that offense, it's not like you're running the triple option where you're like, all right, listen, we've got to run the ball basically the whole time. Uh, You've you, you gotten 12 personnel and heavy personnel and uh, you ran uh, 13 different zone schemes and eight different, you know, uh, gap schemes and stuff like that. So now uh, that you add a passing offense, you know that Kentucky is going to be able to run the ball well. That's their identity. Now you add that flavor. It keeps the defense a little bit more accountable. They can't take as many chances with load in the box. You're having to prepare with different formations. You're having to be able to do different coverages and handle formation into the boundary. And it just creates different problems. But I like the personnel. Uh, I, I really, you know, I, I love the hires that, that Mark Stoops made. But to me, I just, I feel like Mark Stoops has built Kentucky the right way. Uh, right. From the front, from inside out, the way you have to do it in the SEC. No longer do I watch Kentucky and I'm like, they're not good enough up front. Like I watch Vanderbilt and I'm like, they're not good enough up front. They're not big enough. They don't have enough depth. They're not physical enough. I watch Kentucky and I'm like, those guys are a problem up front. You know, and, and you look at the way that they've recruited. Getting Trevin Wallace last year was huge. That kid is a baller. Wait, wait till that kid really gets into his own to me I, I i don't know how he went to five star when you turn the tape on but that's neither here nor there uh but then i look defensively at the personnel i know there's some questions uh you returned your guy in the middle uh who i trust there at mike the guy that can get everybody lined up in that front seven everybody would be comfortable you look in the back end i know there's some questions at, at corner uh but i like dort i like some of the other guys that they return especially at the safety position i think the right kid at outside linebacker is going to be a stud uh, but then you look at a guy like Oxendine there in the middle, a guy that only played three games last year. He's lost some weight. Uh, I think he's going to be effective. And, and you add that, and I love the experience they return with a passing game. And listen, I think Florida's going to take a step back, man. 
So uh, I look at Kentucky. I think they're going to be solid in the kicking game. The biggest question is that quarterback. I like Bo Allen. I just don't believe in Joey Gatewood. I just don't think he can throw it. I, I just don't think he can right. do the things you have to be able to do in the intermediate and the vertical passing game. Anybody can throw a bubble screen or a hitch. That's easy. Uh, we could get out there and do that. But, no, I, I look at the schedule, and, and, and I like it. Uh, and I think Kentucky's going to do some things this year. Tell, tell me this. How do, you, how do you replace a player like Davis when, you know – well, you know, it's it, it's almost tough to look at it like replacing that because you said it best. I mean, experience is king. You know, right. you, you you have a guy that that understands it, that understands he can excel at that level. Uh, so, so what you do is, is what Mark Stoops has done. And, you know, earlier it's funny talking about the podcast, turning it into a machine. I mean, if you look at the way Kentucky's recruited, especially up front, uh, and I know we're talking about Davis, but I'll use Yager Burton as an example. I mean, that's a kid that you got straight out of high school that had legitimate suitors from legitimate playoff contenders. He's going to come in and start at guard. Uh, he's that good. Uh, and, and you replace guys like Davis uh, with the depth that you've built up. But again, when you build it the right way, and it's not just up front, it's everywhere, but it starts and ends up front. Uh, but when you develop young guys, and, and I think Mark Stoops has done a really good job of you don't see a mass exodus from Kentucky. You haven't seen that in the football program. What does that mean? That means the culture right, is right. The weight room's right. Guys are getting developed. Guys feel like it's their, in their best interest. And, and now you look up and you're getting guys from the portal like Wondell Robinson. You get guys right. like Ali coming back and Kennard. And that's how you build a championship or at least a team or at least a program that's going to be a whole hell of a lot better than what Kentucky has been getting. And I tell you what, man, Mark Stoops to me, uh, he's, he, he gets credit. You know, everybody talks about Sam Pittman and that's great. Not enough people talk about Mark Stoops because we all know how much of a basketball school Kentucky is, but he's been able, in my opinion, to kind of not flip the narrative, but football's relevant in Kentucky. I mean, I, hell, I got y'all finishing second in the East. You got, and you look at it, you talk about them building it the right way and, and gradually, you know, they're working their way to try, you know, Georgia is the target. They, they've beaten everybody in the East since yeah. he's been there. That's a tough target, Benny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they, you know, you know, they've beaten everybody in the East since he's been there. They still yeah. have beaten Florida. He's had, you know, a multiple year winning streak against South Carolina and Missouri. He lost to Missouri last year, but, you know, there's a lot going on. You've beaten Tennessee, you know, you've beaten Vanderbilt. You know, so they they're trying to you know work their yeah. way up within the division. You mentioned you know Jamin Davis. How do you replace Davis if you know Chris Oates doesn't have a medical situation? We might not even know who Jamin Davis is. That's exactly right. Davis was behind Oates, so that's another testament <laughs> to the depth and the recruiting. Yeah. That well, we haven't seen this at Kentucky. Normally, guys, you know, Kentucky recruits a guy. You know, well, they got him over Central Michigan. They beat out Miami of yeah. Ohio. Now you're beating out Michigan's and, and Ohio State's and Alabama's for these guys. Well, Vinny, it's, 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 and everybody be like, man, losing Jamin Davis, that stinks. And it does. You lost a great player. But there is not a better recruiting pitch in the world than for Mark Stoops to walk into that kid in the 2022 class's living room and say, hey, uh, by the way, we lost probably one of our best players. The reason we lost him, uh, he was a first round draft pick in the NFL. So if you want to be able, if you if you want to be an NFL first round draft pick, come to Kentucky. Look, the roads paved. You can come out of nowhere and be a first round draft pick. That's how we're doing things in Lexington. And that to an 18 year old kid, because every every recruit now coming out thinks they're going to the NFL. At most recruits, parents, families, 
think they're going to the NFL. That's why we're not in the days anymore of, oh, well, I grew up here and I'm a fan of this team, so I'm going to go there. No, it's a business now, especially with this name, image, and likeness stuff coming down the pipe. It's 100% business. That's why you see about the same five or six teams getting in the playoff every year, and they're the only five or six teams that we talk about getting in the playoff because they're getting 67 out of the top 100 players, Vinny. That's why. So tell me this. Are you a, are you a fan of the transfer portal? I, I Look. I can understand this past year. Take this past year out of it. But let's talk right. about the 99.9% of the other time where it's normal. I think if you're going to transfer in the same division at the same level or transfer up, there should be at least a sacrifice of some sort. Uh, I, I just what because what worries me, transferring, transferring down is another thing. But what worries me is that, and, and you know, I don't worry about it as much in college basketball because there's so many teams in division one, you know, with like 357, but in college football, you know, there's only, you know, what 120 division one teams, 120 something when you look at all of college football. And I'm just worried about, you know, guys saying, well, if I can not only transfer from division one, division one, but now I can transfer. I mean, Henry Tuatoa just transferred from Tennessee to Alabama and he's going to be able to play this year. Right. Like, and again, that's because of the pandemic. And I understand that been in any other circumstance to me, I, I just, I don't, I feel like you can build a super team and not that Alabama hasn't, they've done it a different way, but yes, you're going to start seeing that super team, you know, theory uh, start to happen at the same five or six places that we're talking about, Tony, because it's not like the, the, the smaller guys win in this scenario. I mean, right. uh, you look at the portal right now. I just brought up the, the kid from Tennessee. Alabama just got a wide receiver transfer from Ohio State yeah. that, that is, you know, outstanding. So it's not like you're going to fool Nick Saban in this deal. So I feel like there should be a sacrifice of some sort uh, after we get through this year. You mentioned on your show uh, Chuck Oliver was on there. You hit him with the rapid fire at the end. Yeah. You asked him if he thought – Tennessee would be back in the next 15 years. He said yes, and you sound a little bit surprised. So do you think <laughs> the balls as we knew them will be back in the next decade? Well, you know, I don't think back like they think back. You know, I, I, I don't think like, you know, going to national championship. But, you know, it, here's the problem, Vinny. Uh, you, you get it. You know, momentum is a real thing, and it doesn't just happen on the field or on the court. And, and Tennessee has found themselves – and listen – through their own fault, you know, through their own hires, administration, wherever you want to call it, in this constant cycle of, you know, not disaster, but just not success. And, and uh, Tennessee fans deserve a whole lot better. Uh, they show out as much as anybody in the country. They're as faithful and passionate. And they don't want you to feel sorry for them. And, and that's why I respect that fan base, because uh, that's who they are. But you hire Josh Heupel, and listen, I don't think Josh Heupel is a bad coach, but you got this NCAA stuff looming over you, and it's going to hit. It's going to cost you postseason. It's going to cost you some scholarships. You're in right now what is a nuclear arms race in the SEC for football, and it's not slowing down anytime soon. So you're fighting with basically a hand tied behind your back. You're not going to be able to recruit well because you can't go to the postseason. So you got to start stacking years. That's the way I look at it. So you, you, you get this NCAA probation that's coming down the pipe. They take away seven, ten scholarships. I mean, USC still hadn't gotten back, really, if you look at it. But they, they, they take that away. So that doesn't just affect that year going into that season. That affects the next year. Now, if it's a two-year deal, it affects the next year. And that still means uh, if Heupel doesn't get it done and he's not a stopgap hire, you got to go hire the right guy. And you haven't proven to be able to do that. So add another three years on top of that. So if I was a betting man, uh, I probably wouldn't bet on Tennessee being back uh, anywhere in the near future. But that's my opinion. 
Well, dang, that, that, that doesn't make me happy over here, being from the volunteer state. I know. I'm sorry, Tony. I had to do it, though, man. <laughs> I, I can't. I pick Kentucky second to East, man. I can't. I can't. Pick I, I know, man. It's, it's been so many years of struggle for Tennessee right now. Mm -hmm. uh, Vinny, I kind of talked. We, we text a little bit. What are your thoughts about Tim Tebow? Yeah. Well, you know, I think he's finally playing the position he should have played in the NFL the whole time. You know, it's funny. <laughs> it's came full circle. Uh, you know, and, and again, look, Tim Tebow was a hell of a college quarterback. So was Julian Edelman. You know, yeah. that's, I've never understood the argument of people like, yeah, man, listen, Tebow's going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. Listen, you can, you can believe whatever you want to believe, whatever, and you can will people to do a lot. Mm -hmm. But you ain't willing stuff to happen in that league unless, you know, you're able to throw and run. That's not how that – this isn't a so, – so, you, so what you're saying was he was a really good runner here. He was a real – he was the best Wildcat quarterback of all time, man, in college. <laughs> he was the best Wildcat. And listen, I like Tebow. I got no problem with Tebow. But and, – and to be honest with you, Tony, I tweeted this out yesterday. I think he's going to have success. I, I really <laughs> think so. You know, because you know it's a whole hell of a lot, in my opinion – it's a whole hell of a lot easier for a guy like Tim Tebow to play tight end in the NFL than is to hit a slider in the major leagues, brother. I can promise you that. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, hey, I, I really want to get into his, ba his baseball accolades, which, which are not many, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Tony. I'll let you start. I'll be over here when you finish. <laughs> oh, my God, man. You know, but, but it's so funny because I know a lot of a lot of players, former players and even current ones are talking about opportunity. I said, a lot of it is, is that, you know, of course you got to know the right people. It, it was, it was like Chip Kelly, when he went with, went to Philadelphia, it was always about bringing guys in that he was comfortable with, mm -hmm. you know, for, from a personnel, from a, a support staff to players. And when you take that first job, especially on the NFL level, you need people who you know and trust. So yeah. the one thing he, the one player he, that he can really trust, whether it's whatever position they put him at, cause you know, it's, you no, know, as long as we know he's not going to be a quarterback, that's for for dang sure. You know, yeah, we know that for a fact. But then again, you know what? You can still toss him back there, and you know he he in the he goal crack. line, fourth and yeah. one. You know that that's the Tebow special, man. If we he get a jump pass, you know, time made. He does. Tony. He gives you options, though. You know what I'm saying? Like he gives you, yeah. like you know, he's not going to be Trevor Lawrence. He's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. But you know, to complete a pass, he can at least pop back. He he asks him well like this. He has completed passes in the NFL, so it's not like he has yeah. been free, but he has yeah. completions under his belt. And he won a playoff down. game. Yeah, yeah, sure did. If <laughs> ask Denver about it, I mean, I don't, yeah. ask, ask <laughs> oh, they'll tell it. you. They'll tell you all about it. <laughs> ask Mike Tomlin about it. He he know firsthand. So yeah. yeah. Hey, you oh. saying? Hey, I'd have thought I'd have thought Eddie Grant was calling that offense, man. <laughs> Tony, if your if your NBA career had if you had stepped away from the NBA at age 25, yeah, and been oh, out of the game for eight years, and Rick Pitino gets a job in the NBA, a yes. coach you know him, won a title with him, just like Tebow and Urban are tight. Is is Rick Pitino gonna give you a call after being out of the game for eight years and bring you in to his NBA squad and give you a spot? You know what? I mean, that's an interesting question because even when Coach made it, you know, he really wanted guys that played played under him at, at Kentucky. You know, he think about Ron. He had, I think Wayne might have had a, a quick stint. Wayne, Wayne Turner was there for maybe a year. Uh Antoine Walter, you know, and, and we I had discussion with Coach P about coming back. And I mm -hmm. to be honest with you, I made it back there because Jim O'Brien took the job and he knew I was able to play the combo guard. 
So the familiarity is something that is real. You know, when when coaches now to be on that level to take off eight years, man, from playing, you know, I would have been still, I would be in some kind of shape, but now we're just really picking up the speed of the game. And of course, you know, you're gonna lose your athleticism um, you know, between that time, but you know, you will get back up to speed. It's still basketball. And I think with Tebow, switching position, like Jake said, is probably a position he, he could have played at. He should have been playing at. But he was stubborn. You know, mm-hmm. you, you get stubborn guys like that. And mm-hmm. they're not changing their mind until, like, okay, no one is going to hire you to play the position that, you, that, you, that you're not really good at. But in your mind, yeah. you think you're good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from a marketing standpoint, there's no telling how many Tebow jerseys the Broncos sold in that season. There's no telling. Mm. Oh, they, they killed it. They killed it. Where, wherever he went, they killed it. You know, he was, yeah. you know, like I said, he, he's going to sell tickets. And yeah. that's something that, you know, being in the state of Florida, he's going to sell tickets. I mean, he, he mm. is beloved in the state of Florida. So mm. whatever team, if, if, if I'm the GM, I'm the owner, I'm like, why not bring Tim Tebow in? Now we're going to get some more fans that yeah. we're going to get. Although yeah. Trevor Lawrence was the number one, the number one draft pick, he's still not Tim Tebow in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. Hey, CD, I got to ask you because I know we got to we got to get Russell Westbrook in before we go. But back when you were playing, just getting into the league, you know, a few years in, David Stern put in, you know, the dress code rule that was basically aimed at AI and Tim Duncan. <laughs> Did that it's so funny. You? It's so that funny when you say those both wardrobe? in the same sentence. <laughs> Did that affect your wardrobe, TD? Did you have to go out and get some new stuff when the dress code came in? Or were you already good? How'd you? I mean, they, they put it in, but it really wasn't put in. It, it was more about yeah. if you sit on the bench. Like, you couldn't, like, I tell people the story about when I was in Boston and we were playing. I don't remember we were playing. Might have been playing the Lakers. But Joe Forte had a Magic Johnson jersey on sitting on our bench <laughs> but during that time remember like people people were wearing jerseys in you know yeah. we weren't other you know hall of famers you know guys in every time we were wearing the jerseys but you know when things like that were happening like they were like we, we got it like you're hurting our brand so even when those cameras come in they want to look more professional because of course you are you know you're part of an organization that organization is paying you millions of dollars so you telling me you can't invest and go out and get a nice suit, uh, some nice jeans. And, um, but I thought it was good. I, I thought it was, it, it really cleaned up the league. Like it really made guys, you know, think about their wardrobe. Then I really just think it, it, ha- it helped the fashion because so many people were watching NBA guys, what they were doing, whether it was the jewelry, the cornrows, um, you know, the, the, the shoes, the sneakers. So when we look at this generation of players, I mean, I like that those guys, you know, are, are you know they're marketing themselves like these guys with social media like they have platform and their platform is looking at their how they dress you know and, and you you are you are in the position to influence the younger generation we talked about russ last week you brought him up because and now he's surpassed oscar robinson with the triple doubles he's getting 20 20 20 games yes and even even with the game the way it is now with you know it's not as physical that's still impressive to go out and get a 20 20 20 at 6 3. I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you talk about that Jake. I know you've been I know uh, you've been well listen that. you know any anybody that says like they don't know if there's there's any aliens out there where I can I can point you where one is and his name's Russell Westbrook. 
Uh, they're they're 100% real. They're here. Uh, no, but in, in all seriousness, I mean, it's just, you know, and, and you expect a lot out of Russ. Uh, but I think the thing that impresses me the most about Russ outside of, of his motor that never stops, you know, we always talk about, you know, football players. I mean, he's got a guy's got a great motor. You know, man, is that guy's that D lineman's motor is always on. Russell's Russ's motor just seems like it it just always runs nonstop. He got a V12, uh, man. His strength he, and he, he got twin turbos. He got a Hemi. He got whatever. Whatever. Right. Time, he got a big him and D Rose. Tony, him and D Rose. Like that that when, when they and I know there's other guys, but there's just something different. Like just watching them take off out of nowhere. Like like Rose used to do the same thing to me. Like I mean. I just watched him like, I don't know how he sped up and jumped that fast, not that far, but just that fast. Like Russ gets to the rim so fast. It's incredible. And you know what? And, and just think about this, Jake and Vinny. I'm looking at his stats. Think about this 28, 21, 13, 33, 19, 15, 13, 17, 17, 29, 17, 12, 21, 24, 14. I mean, I, I can't even say those video game stats, man. I mean, it, it, it's, I think he's so underrated because he's doing it at, at ease now. And it's kind of like I'm, I was watching last night, like, dang, man, this, this dude, it's, it's unbelievable what he, what he is, what he has done this year, what he's done over a body of, a body, you know, of the last four years. Yeah, well, I can remember when triple doubles, like people got, wow, somebody got a triple double. That's amazing. Like, like that's a big deal, you know. Not like throwing a no hitter, be like, that's a big. Now he gets like it's like, oh, okay, all right, it's another one. But and it's not like Tony, like you said, it's not like he's getting 13, 11, and ten, which is still great. That's a great yeah. not at the office. But it's like 28, 24, and fourteen. It's like a my player, but like he's one hundred percent my player on two K. Like he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, for sure. That's so congrats to him. And he's got them in that 10th spot for the play-in. You know, they win a couple and they're in the playoffs. You can go from 10th to 8th, yeah. you know, just like that. So, you know, he's getting them in position to, to maybe make some noise at the end of the season. Yeah, we mentioned the dress code, TD. It don't matter what kind of clothes you wear, suited and booted, casual. Our guys, Dave and Ben at La Terrain have been sponsoring this podcast from the jump. They got the excellent timepieces. They got a national championship commemorative edition for the 25th anniversary of the 96 team. They got any type of watch, any type of band that you want. They tweeted out the other day they had one, um, is it one compass left or something? Anyway, go to lotsofrain.com and check them out. They got so many different types of watches. Jake, man, go to lotsofrain.com. They partner up with TD, Walter McCarty, Vernon Maxwell. Steve Francis, Dave and Ben are doing their thing at La Terrain, L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com and get yourself a nice watch. Get on board, Jake. Get on board, man. I know I know you look like a timepiece guy, man. Man, you know what's crazy, Tony? Like, I, I'll wear it sometimes, but yeah. it, it's like the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall when they're out in the water and, and the guy's like, yeah, man, ever since I moved to Hawaii, like, I, I haven't even worn a watch. And the guy's like, man, that's that's so that's so cool. Is it because of the island? He's like, nah, because there's a clock on my phone. But that's that's like that's. But when I go out, man, you know, La Terrain, they got some good stuff. I, I got to admit, they do got some good stuff. One red crest left. That's what they tweeted out. So get on there, mm. and get that one red crest, and add it to your collection. If it's your first one, make it your first one. If you got more, add it to your collection. Like we said, oh, always always a great gift. So make make sure you 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 gift out someone something nice. You know what? Hey, for uh, those people who are fathers, Father's Day is coming up. It's, it's one of the most most forgotten holidays. 
Mm-hmm. I know why. <laughs> Dads is underrated. Dads are underrated, man. It is, man. Yeah, I agree, man. Come on, man. We, we need some more love out here. I'm, I'm tired of the ties, the socks, and underwear. Like, give me something nice, man. Yeah. Why give me a Tom Ford tie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, Jake, we had a ball having you on here with us. What's coming up on um, the next episode's upcoming of the J-Boy Show? Yeah, man. Uh, no, I appreciate it. I, I love coming on. Uh, like I said, you guys do a really good job. It was an honor talking with y'all. But, uh, man, we got some good stuff. Uh, we're starting our recruiting roundup again. We release every Wednesday uh, dealing with the SEC. Uh, actually got Donovan Kaufman uh, coming on. Is uh, the Vandy transfer, a uh, big-time guy in the portal. is going to be making a decision soon and, and talking some SEC West recruiting. Uh, going to bring some Kentucky uh, consensus on there next Wednesday. Uh, so make sure you follow us. Uh, and again, you know, we're, we're putting out SEC content all the time, uh, football, basketball, baseball, uh, got some more great stuff coming. Uh, Cole Kublik, uh, you just look down the pipe. Uh, it's, it's always interesting, especially when you put six out of a week, but uh, you can follow us on our YouTube channels, the J boy show, Apple podcast, Spotify as well, man. Uh, we're kicking it and go to the J show.com. We got some cool merch as well. And I uh, appreciate it guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Check them out there. Y'all follow Believe in Kentucky on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok as well and YouTube and listen to this episode with Jake or our past episodes and the ones we do in the future, TD and myself. So it's been fun, y'all. Another great episode of Believe in Kentucky presented by Bet Online. We'll see everybody next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.